That was Risk It All by GQ Capone, and you're listening to Yuppie Noir. And we are back with another episode of the Yuppie Noir podcast. This is Kyler. B. Merch. Young Dwizzy. What's going on, fellas? It's popping, bro. Going good. Doing How, well. How's y'all last week been? Uh, saw Avengers this weekend. We're going to get into that, but I um, did that, and then I went to this... Um, event in Philly on Saturday night called R&B Only. It's at the Fillmore. Um, that's typically where they have like that. They have like Drake night there too. Uh, but it was good. Good turnout. Nice crowd. Vibe was popping. So that was my weekend. Very nice. Does it come highly recommended from you? Or Yeah. R&B Only definitely something if you have y'all out there have a, have a lady or ladies if y'all have a man. Oh, so no single ladies in there? No, nah, there were single ladies in there, but I think it was all good. It was all good. Single people can go there too, but I think definitely I would highly recommend it for it. Highly recommend it for the couples uh, or people trying to court one another. Dope. Yeah. Good to hear. How about you, Dwight? Man, weekend was very eventful with you know Avengers, Game of Thrones, basketball, you know, with playoffs. Uh, went out, got some drinks, a couple nights, chilled. So. It was a eventful all uh, from start to be, to end, you know. That's that's my type of weekend, some chill stuff, mm-hmm. you know, going out, but not too far out, staying local, staying you know in my bubble. So that kind of worked out for me. Dope. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I had a pretty good weekend, I would say. Uh, ended up going to New York on Saturday. Uh, was able to go to the Museum of Illusions, um, although the line was kind of crazy for that. But um, that was cool. And then there was this brunch spot called Mist. Um, it's in Harlem. Uh, the food was bomb. Um, it was like 45 a, a person. And it was like all you could eat. And bottomless mimosas for, uh, they had like mimosas, sangrias, um, and a couple other drinks. Oh, a Long Island iced tea for like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. So that, that was good. Yeah, I mean, the food was slapping. But the, the music was good too. But it, it wasn't really no dance floor or place for you to dance like that. Oh. Uh. We had uh, the chair dance. No, <laughs> we was looking at the because uh, it was a uh, Afro beats type of function. Okay. So we were on YouTube just like trying to practice our little Afro beats dances and stuff like that. I was ready to kill it too, but uh, we didn't get to show off. So maybe another time, yo, uh, Dooley, if you you got any Afro beats functions, hit a brother up. I'm trying <laughs> to get these uh get these dance moves off. But that was cool on Saturday and then Sunday, obviously just Avengers. Uh, that was dope. And then uh uh. In the evening, watch the Game of Thrones episode. Uh, that was like an hour and a half long, or it was like 90 minutes long. So that was a lot of fun, too. Now, brunches, they usually don't have like dance floors like that. I mean, well, we had one too. Well, at Woodland, though. Yeah, they, but other so than you that, would I mean, expect that there would be some other function that has a place for you to dance and have fun. I, I, I guess because that was the only one that at least I've been to before, like in uh, like the Harlem. You know, Brooklyn been to Essence, area. New York City. They didn't have a dance floor. I don't think they, that's the, I mean, but they had some the space, norm. right? And it, it was like kind of a party type of vibe. Like, yeah, up, like yeah. up top on the second floor. Was it Seriously. a? It wasn't that you didn't get that vibe with the music being played yeah. and the people in the I crowd? Mean, it was or cool. it was just like it wasn't like a ton of people. It was it, we showed up like on time mm-hmm. for the function. And, okay, you know, it, it was CPT, so we didn't even really get you know seated and stuff like that for a little minute. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
But so you had, you had to wait like wait in the area. Which yeah, so we walked in and then they were like, oh, you know, they're still setting up, blah blah blah. But here's some couches over here that you can sit down. What? And I was I was thankful because we had been walking around yeah. in the city for a little while. Our feet kind of hurt, so uh, we just sat on the couch and was like talking and chopping it up, blah blah blah. But um, yeah, it was like a it was a good minute, maybe like thirty to forty five minutes. So did y'all came before it opened or something? No, like, we came or? like right at as it was opening, and that was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. You should have yeah. CP, like you said, you know, CPT. You gotta know, you gotta know your personnel. KYP, KYP. KYP. Yep. So. That's cool. That's cool. Little right. brunch. It's brunch. called Mist. Mist, yes, yeah. M I S T, uh, and it's in Harlem. Word, word. I have to check it out. For sure. So, uh, what do we got uh, on the agenda today, gentlemen? Uh, first and foremost, what's on the agenda? Um, I want to go. Uh, there's a lot of well. First, let's give our condolences to John Singleton. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he passed away uh, within the week uh, at the age of 51 years old. Um, famous uh, director and writer and producer of such. Uh, his most notable one is um, uh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, but he's also he got credit Boys. for a lot of writing and a lot of other a movie as well. He did Baby Boy. Yeah. That. So. Uh, man, it's just like, like every week we're saying like RIP to somebody and giving condolences to somebody. Right. Um, again, give the people the flowers while they while they can still smell them. You know, don't you know wait to sell sell sell, sell somebody you love them. Um, you know, just just give them flowers while they can still smell them, man. While they're here. So um, again, I didn't know he was that young. Yeah, fifty one. They said right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm thinking Bad Boys now is like 20 plus years old. I you mean, talking about oh, Baby Boy, right? No, just oh, I'm not Baby um, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, yeah, that was like 91. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So like that's like that, nah, that's 20 plus years old though. So, so how like, old was he when he did that? He's, he's, he's 24. They yeah. said yeah. 24 when he did Boys in the Hood. Then yeah. he, he did Poetic Justice as well. Poetic um, Justice got Janet Jackson her first role. Got Tupac into acting in feature films. Um, I wasn't that up on him. But um, once I read, read his sort of biography and the things that he did, I didn't realize he was so influential yeah. in uh, filmmaking. And he was also... He did the video uh, the, with Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah, Which, but, uh, um, the one with Mike, uh, Magic the, Johnson in it? The one where they was in, in the, the Egyptian... Yeah, the pharaohs yeah. in Egypt. Yup, yup, yup. Do you remember, girl? Yeah. Remember the Man. time. Yep. Higher yep. Learning. He was. Uh, he did Shaft. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, Too Fast. Four too Brothers. Furious. Yep, Four Brothers. And he's also the co-creator of the of Snowfall. That's on. Oh that's yeah, one of my I did see a graphic. Shows. I did see a graphic of that. Shows. Wow, so that, that's really sad. And I think that's supposed to be coming back in the summertime of this year. So uh, they're going to obviously be moving on. Um, but you know, it, just seeing his influence was like super important. And I think he was also the youngest director or youngest. Or, to be nominated, or, or yeah, for, and also like first African American nominated for uh, you know directing a, a best film award so, for best director, best director. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah no, really? shout out to him. He made yeah. some creations that are staples in the black community now. Right. You know, I mean, you got it when you talk about some of these movies. I mean, going back to the '90s, you got to start with Boys in the Hood. You know, um, and then Poetic Justice obviously is in there too. But like, you know, it's just just goes to show that you know um, we still have impact. You know, we still. Um, can do what we um, are called to do. You know, clearly he had a talent for that, and he let it show. It's in the results, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, I'm sure he impacted people beyond what he did in his profession as well. So, uh, RIP to him, condolences to him and his family. Yeah, no doubt. Um, next, uh, a big milestone. So, Avengers uh, did $1.2 billion 
uh, for Endgame and its first debut week. It says only film to cross one billion mark for his debut. Um, in this case, that was all from that's the Just opening weekend, up, yeah. and that's crazy that only two films in total ever did that for a debut uh, movie, and the fact that it's still grossing. So a lot of times, you know, for the the I think the highest. Recorded uh, pro- uh, profit revenue for a movie is still Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Right, but they right. saying that this movie's on pace to pass it or, or, or get close to it, which is great because they said Infinity War did well and Black Panther also did well, which is both under Marvel. So this is like the biggest of all of them. So hopefully this passes that as well. No disrespect to Avatar, but I mean, I don't. I mean, it, I, it ain't. It ain't. Marvel. I didn't see the fascination behind it. I asked some of my coworkers because they they were mentioning that too when we were talking about it, and I was like, "What was the fascination behind behind uh, uh, Avatar?" I'm like, I, I think a lot of it had to do with one because I remember them putting out like the budget for the for the film before it came out, and people were like, "Wow, the special effects on this is going to be crazy," especially since it was yeah. directed by the dude that did Titanic. So oh, he true. already had a big success under his belt, so they were looking to see what he was going to do with that big type of budget, and, and you know, so they they kind of parlayed that Titanic <laughs> um, success, I think, into. Um, What's it called? Avatar. Avatar. See, right. I'm saying, what, what's it called again? It didn't have a lot of impact, and I don't think you know that one. I, I, I haven't gone back to. Look I don't at even Avatar know the story. I don't know the like characters. Like so like the that. budget, it's basically like Dances with Wolves, yeah. but with you know. And I, and I think it, like it was the first of like that type of CGI effect. Yeah. In oh a yeah. Way, that's and true, like yeah. how like they the concept of that movie. When you saw it in 3D, I heard it was right. Saying they were saying it was different. You know. Right. So the budget for that movie was 237 million. And it made it's made two point seven uh, billion right now in the box office. So the fact that oh, Avengers yeah, no, made two point one billion Avengers almost at half of that, basically. Two point oh, one week. Yeah. Oh, so was it two point one? I said. You said well, one. Oh, one point two. Excuse yeah, me. 1. Yeah, 2. right. And and only in half a week. So hopefully it can and sur- surpass it or tie it. But that's the highest. Nah, it's gonna pass it. Movie right now. It's gonna. And see, the thing is though, that they, the difference between that movie and Avengers is, I feel like Avengers definitely has a storyline, obviously, to it. People been watching Avengers for like right. twenty, like almost twenty years now. So. So. You know. Hopefully. But what was your thoughts on the on the movie? I mean, uh, without yeah, we're, we're gonna try not to put any spoilers out there. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to throw spoilers. Spoil yeah, but right, it, right. it was um, I just thought it was one of the best jobs I've seen at wrapping up a story. Um, it, it was very fulfilling, and all the they tied up all of the loose ends, and it didn't feel like anything was like a stretch or a reach. Um, I thought it was very well done, and it was smart in the way that it wrapped up some of the storylines. Yeah. Um, for you know, it's been a ten-year journey, you know, right. so they've been kind of going on with this, and, and to give everybody sort of a fitting end, um, I think is really difficult. But I think they pulled it off very successfully. So I was I was happy leaving the theater, and even a couple of the questions I had, like right. I uh, leaned over and asked Essence, "Well, like, what about this, that, and the third? And he was like, "No, see, it works because X, Y, and Z." And then I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. That makes sense." So. Yeah, the questions I had were, <clears throat> there were questions I'm okay with asking uh, after a movie. It's not like I'm totally lost as to what's going on, um, which I was okay with. And I think, I mean, I think just like all the other Avenger movies, for the most part, it kind of touches every part of a movie that you would probably think of. Like, it's drama, you know, emotions, you know, uh, comedy. Uh, you got, you know, little, split, little uh, snippets of, like, romance and stuff in it. So it's like... I mean, you can't ask for it. It's like it's like if you took like a just like a, a big uh, pot and just put every aspect of a movie in it, kind of just encompassed all that. So mm-hmm. that's what I kind of liked. And then um, 
I mean, the scenes that they had, obviously, the graphics were, were crazy. Right. You know, as but per usual, again, that's what we've come to expect out of Marvel uh, as it is. So, just definitely met all the expectations I had. I think they did a great job of storyline, yeah. action, developing of some of the, the, the key moments in this movie. Uh, so, from start to end, they had me entertained, had me on the edge of my seat, had me really, like, uh, cameo. So, they had a cameo with uh, Matthew Berry. The guy that does like a fantasy sports, yeah. which is great. I'm like, you call that out. They also had a Stan Lee spotting. I don't know Where if y'all both saw it. Matt Berry. Yeah. He was this guard when when Captain that, America. That's the guy that and, does fantasy, you said? And yeah. Matthew Berry and uh some other guy that does uh like the fantasy like Thursday. Oh on ESPN. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it was the scene where Iron Man and 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 uh, What's his name? Uh, Tony Stark and yeah, Captain America. Yeah, Captain America when they go Steve to Rogers. Steve Rogers. When they go back to, yeah, the, right, well, yeah. to the military. Yeah, and, and he was one of the guards. Really? And, uh, I, I didn't even know He has that. the beard. I He's the I, one that the lady goes to. Did you to. recognize this or did somebody point it out so to you before? I knew like, he was familiar, but I couldn't get his name. Okay. And then we was talking about it at work. Mm. As soon as he starts saying his name, I knew exactly. Okay, Matthew Berry. Hmm. So if you ever just Google search it, you can just see a picture of it. It was okay. him. He made a cameo. So I gotta look at that. Yeah. Did you I did, I did see, see the Stanley? Stan right. Stan okay. Lee. I was like, Brandon, you see the Stanley? He's like, No. I'm like, Yo. Yeah, I think I missed it. He, he was, was like driving, driving the whip. The top Yo. Yeah. So so, but stuff like that because he, I'm like, he always make a uh, an, a cameo in it, and the fact that you know he was still alive. Very subtle. <laughs> for that, it was it was great though, man. I was like, yo, everybody was cheering when that came on. They they pointed that out right away. Um, great movie, all, all in all, you know, it, it gets you through a roller coaster of mixed emotions, which is great, happy, sad, right. um, angry, regretful, you know. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you felt regretful. Yo, like, yo, how, did, bro, like, how, did, how did you feel? You ain't do nothing. You just. Yo. You felt uh, regretful about some things? Yeah, man. Just like, damn, man. <laughs> um, it's still some loose ends where I'm like, maybe they did that on purpose. Maybe they didn't. Right, but it's questions. Gonna, it's we, good questions. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, we ain't going to get it to it now. But I, the one, one, one part, the low key, right? Right. With the grabbing the Tesseract and being out, right? Okay, what about we spoil, it? We, we spoiled it right now. But. Technically, that actually happened now. So, sure. And so that, what ramifications did that Right. Happen? We don't, right. I'm and I'm going to just, that. you know, leave it on that note. Even though, apparently, people are saying that he's signed for, like, three to five more. Well, he has a show that's coming out, apparently, and on the Disney Plus channel. And that's supposed to that's maybe. something new that you can enroll in, and they're having a sh- whole show for him. So, they, they, so they may be touching on that. So, whatever. Yeah. But other than that, again, it was only minor things where, like, if you're really into it, where you want to make pick, sure. But other than that, yo, I have to give it, like, a 10, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm usually a hard grader. When it comes to movies, nah, all, but all the Marvel movies so, for the most part. I mean, the only one that I said that I didn't like because I was going over it last night, just looking at the whole, um, you know, phases through the movies. Mm-hmm. The only ones I can say I probably didn't like like that was like I didn't like Dark World like that. Obviously, it was a necessity, a necessity because you had to get the mm-hmm. you know get from one part to another. But I didn't like that as far as a movie goes, and I wasn't a fan of Ant Man like that. But you know, at two out of how many movies they had in Marvel. That first of all. What's his real name? Whoever Steve Lang it played Scott Lang. Scott Lang. That's his character. Character name, yeah. but his 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 he's Paul funny. Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yo, he's hilarious. hilarious. He's, he's he's the guy. So um, I did Paul Rudd. also the Captain Marvel. 
I didn't need to go see that movie in order to That's follow a fact. To be no, honest with you, no, I you said did, the same they, thing. No, they souped it. I said the same thing. No, they, <laughs> they really, no, they but really you, souped it. But you did, though. No, I didn't need this. And the only reason why... why tell, me, tell me what... I don't think I missed She didn't have any, any... I didn't no, miss so, anything. She was going for the whole... No spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, she wasn't even in the whole movie. So, but the thing was... The name of Avengers she played important parts derived from her. I, okay, that's non-essential information. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's I'm like, saying these, are, these are things that I did not need in order to follow along. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like her I story. Agree. You mean you heard it's me that story. So wait, if I want to go back and watch that, cool. So you, you but say it's non-essential. So Black Panther wasn't essential either. Because Black you're right. Yeah. Okay, we can do that for I, a lot I, of I movies. Black, but I didn't say that. But they were hyping Captain Marvel up. Like, you need to see Captain Marvel before you go see Avengers. They were typing it like oh, that. I didn't say that Black Panther, nobody was saying that you need to see Black Panther before. I went to see Black Panther because so, I want to see Black Panther. So in the beginning scenes, an important character got saved by uh, Captain Marvel. It, it, did they not? Sure. Not saying you need to see it, but I, you just I, need to I, know I, that. I know of her lore in mythology. Okay, cool. So what, cool. What, what, what does right, that cool mean? That her did. story, he's saying her story. Not her, we know her okay. ability. Okay, cool. Cool. No, uh, we know she could fly. Yeah. Like that wasn't. I wasn't like, wow, who is this person that saved me? Whoa! Oh my gosh! Like, come on now, knock it off. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, uh, now, right, is ahead. it me? But well, Brandon saw it. I think they're really trying to harp now on this new society and the way um, the norms are now. So, like, with her haircut. I don't know, maybe it was just me. I think they was going for that look on purpose as far as like a a butch, you know. Because in the Captain and Captain Marvel, she has a very like significant other who was like her best friend, quote unquote, where she was like really close so to. He was, he was speculating that in that movie that there was other things going on okay. between them two. Like okay, she dabbled, so, okay, you know so, what I mean? So, so, I, so I like how they had that one scene where it was like all women characters. I do appreciate you know, that. I think that you know, and I think what they're doing now is going in that lane of, of really uh, showcasing um, and putting women in the forefront, which is great for, for, for movies and for like hero movies as well. So I thought I, that was a nice scene. I like that. Yeah, so hopefully they... We just, I gave, we just gave Mass <laughs> It's cool. What? Oh, that's that's not a spoiler. You're telling them there's a scene where it's all women. Uh, but that but, thing, oh, but that, that's not giving away any plot. Right, right, right. So, so shout out to them. Uh, um, great, great job. Um, next we have. So I don't know if y'all heard this story, but seven hundred thousand baby products under brands like Bright Star, uh, Disney Babies, uh, were recalled after five infants' deaths. So like like strollers. Cr- uh, Cribs, like the stuff that they settled for. What are deaths related to? Like, I have no clue. I, I just know they died deaths based off of the products they were using. I would be intrigued to see what the deaths were um, and how they died. Uh, dying in general, uh, my my safety of hazard for a kid should not. I shouldn't be dying yeah, off one, of one. One is too many. No, it is. You know, I mean, but I just want to. I just want to see how like because you said it was like a stroller, like the stroller break or something like that, or like. You said they, what else was it? Like um like cribs. Cribs, like know. yeah, like I'm saying, did it collapse on them? Like I mean, obviously you don't want any baby to die, of course not. But it is what it is. is I'm just, no, I'm not saying it is what it is. But I'm just saying I want to. I just want to hear how you know uh, it's correlated to them recalling the products. Mm. Yeah, well, I I think that's um I'm glad that whatever companies are you know. Rec- making the recall or doing their due diligence regardless of you know what it can do to the price or what have you or you know the stock 
um, because you know that's something that's really crucial. Um, nobody wants to purchase something for their infants, you know, or child's care, and then it end up harming their child in any way. So right. yeah. it was um, it was uh, the rocking sleepers okay. was the one that were recalled. Okay. So it's like a like little thing, little carriage where it makes them rock them asleep was okay. the, the product. Okay. Yeah, that's sad. so. It's like an automatic like thing that does it on its own. Uh, I don't know if it was automatic. I don't, I don't, I don't have a guy. Yeah, I don't know what rockers, how it is. But, I mean, that's the picture of it. And maybe I can click on it for to, to play it. But, so, since that was the cause of it, they started recalling some of its other uh, toys or products as well. That's why. Just in case. So, it wasn't like a, they need to double check everything. Because this is a, that could be a big lawsuit. I'm pretty sure they have a lawsuit on their hands now. For sure. Because uh, you have to go through those different inspections and then make them, like, childproof or, like, not child but in this case child safety so it just it just worries me like me having a kid now or something is like yo what product do i get to put them in it's a lot to worry about as a parent um you know that's something that you you know you can't be safe enough you know when somebody that is under your protection or is your child um you you don't hate hearing stories like this I, i would be you know, torn up inside if I was a parent and heard something like this. I, I wouldn't have terrible anxiety about it, but, um, you know, these are the things that we need to sort of worry about in this day and age, so. Yeah, and it says, after the infants rolled from their backs to their stomachs while unrestrained or in any other circumstances was the cause of their deaths. Wow. A parent should immediately stop using these kids' two sleepers. And contact this toll free number for a full refund. So interesting. Yeah, you got it's just it's just a lot of things to worry about as a uh, parent because there's things that you probably don't know as a parent. Yeah. Because you, I mean, for one, for one, you don't know what diseases are out there because you also got to be aware of like what's in the environment with your child. But now you got to worry about like little things like your child rolling certain ways and making sure they're upright and you know, 100%. yeah. It's, yeah. Just a lot. Of, it's just a lot. It's a lot. But uh, you know, like he said, you know, respect to them for, you know, just kind of making sure they're covering all aspects. And rolling into our next topic of like parent, you know, stuff to worry for like no their kids. Intended. Yeah, your kids' safety. <laughs> um, Boy Scout of America, the corporation, believed that more than seven thousand eight hundred former leaders were involved in sexual abuse cases. Um. I already knew there was someone who was like racist, but now they, cause I, I used to be in Boy Scout. Glad none of this happened to me or my brother. We was good, I promise you. But um, think about it. When you're in these Boy Scouts, your parents drop you off for like an hour, where they're they're supposed to be, you know, monitoring you, teaching you like survival skills to earn your different badges and different stuff, and you know. And there's sometimes you, your parents leave. You know, that's like in a way like a a lot of daycare in a way for like an hour or so. Where um, you you put your trust in these these guys' hands, and now it sounds like you know, and there's only seven thousand eight hundred confirmed, but it may be a lot more leaders doing it to people, or they affected multiple kids in their time frame, which is very disturbing and sick, man. You know, I, I just think back of like the the gymnast. Uh, oh, the, gymnast, yeah, the, uh, the gymnast doctor for the USA. Yeah, he was at Michigan State. Mm, and yeah. now this, like, yo, what's up with people, man? Yes, it's dark. Um, it's very, you know, disheartening here. Um, you know, because you put in your, your 
faith in another human being that they wouldn't do your your child wrong. That's why, and we don't, we don't don't even have to get into this too deep. But like when the the there was a woman, I guess that she was like a New Orleans bounce artist. She put her kid in an Uber uh, to go to school, and the kid was like five years old. You know, and what? Yeah, she put her kid, her five year old kid, in an Uber to go to school because I guess she was feeling under the weather or something like that. So you put your child in an like, Uber, right? I mean, I I just wouldn't. I don't trust nobody that much to you know leave them unprotected. Uh, you know, my child with them unguarded. So uh, you know, it's a lot of things that people need to be, you know be more wary of, and especially with today today they maybe back I don't know there's no in the seventies and stuff like that maybe this thing you know things things were like more normal uh, for you to like let your kid I heard that people let their kids go on airplanes like by themselves as like children like what from ten to you know uh, pretty, pretty early in um, high school I did. But even even younger than that, like yeah, I can't. I, like my my parents, or I think it was my mom, or maybe, but she been was you know flew on an airplane by herself to go see family members or whatever as, as a young child, and it was okay back then just because we didn't really have those type of ills. Yeah. But nowadays, you you cannot be you know cautious enough uh, with these type of things. So yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, I don't see how that makes any sense. You putting a child, a five year old, in a, a car with a complete stranger. That but makes it, absolutely no sense. But like, it just sucks because I mean, that's a, a a crazy circumstance. But like, now it got me thinking about daycares. You know, I, I, unless you have like a grandparent or somebody that's going to be staying home and watching your kid at those early ages, that's a fact. You gonna need to put them in some type of daycare program or some type of facility or something to watch your kid. And now you're looking at these events, you're like, damn, bro, like, like how 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 are we gonna do this? Especially in in our society, both parents usually gonna have to work. Yeah, you know, and not everybody's gonna have the luxury of having like a, a a parent stay home, whether it's a father or mother stay home and watch the kid in that absence. Yeah, so I mean, I'm thinking about me because like the only thing that I remember with me was I I had to stay sometimes with my uh some of my neighbors. They were gracious enough to open their doors, you know, for when I came home certain times before my parents got home. Um, because I think I I got a key to the house when I was in seventh grade, so I started coming home by myself then, but. Um, I mean, it's, it, I think that's why it's good to make sure that you have some sort of stability in your community as well. Uh, obviously, you can't trust every single person. You can't even trust family members sometimes, you know. But uh, you just gotta pick, you just gotta pick and choose and hope that that's the right thing to do. I mean, it's really, all it is. Yeah. So, um, beware of your kids and where you having them stay. Any uh, person that's becoming a parent, you know, wants to have kids in the near future, please uh, monitor them. Uh, you just got to be cognizant. Do a background everything. check on these people. Because um, at the end of the day, you just never know, but you just want to do everything you think you can do in to your prevent, right mind. To prevent that, right? Yeah. There's some things that are out of your control, but, you know, everything that you can do in your control, make sure you do it. Right. So, next thing, um, Bun B. There was a breaking in into his home oh, yeah, yeah. in Houston. Heard about that. And um, he was able to self have self defense, and uh, he, he pulled out his gun and shot the 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 robbers or someone whoever was breaking into his home, um, and was able to protect him and his family. So it sounds like uh, someone rang the doorbell or was busted in the front door. His wife was actually the first person to confront the the intruder. Um, and apparently she kind of like stalled the guy enough where Bun B was able to grab the gun and shoot him. Uh, 
and I believe he shot him in the in the shoulder, in the shoulder yeah. and was able to detain him until cops came. Well, I think what happened or, was okay. he got shot in the shoulder, and then the guy fled, and he went to the hospital oh. because of his shoulder wound, dummy. and then that's how they end up catching him. Um, what so, a dummy. Uh, it, it's you know I'm I'm just glad that you know Bun B and his uh, his wife were not harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's the wherewithal of his wife because originally the intruder I don't recall if you said this but the intruder was trying to get her to go upstairs to get more valuables yeah. inside the house and uh, she was like yo just take the car and then you know Bun B was able to come downstairs with his firearm and then uh, exchange fire with the gentleman. Um, but I'm glad she had the wherewithal because, you know, if he got the drop on, she didn't know, the intruder didn't know Bunby was home. If he would have got the drop on him, things might have went a different way. So I'm happy about that situation. But that did um, sort of bring up a thought in my head because I've always been, you know, from all the studies that I've read and things like that and just um, my own household or growing up in my household, I've always been sort of against having guns or a firearm in the house. Um, most of the statistics I've read have basically state that um, there's a higher percentage of a chance of somebody within that household being harmed by that firearm than an actual intruder being harmed by that firearm. Um, I always think of like a kid uh, messing around or getting into the gun and then ends up shooting himself or one of his friends while they're playing around um so that was something that always deterred me from it but then when you hear incidences like this you know that that him having that firearm was able to um this you know get the intruder out of the house and prevent him from harming his his wife so you know i i'm i feel kind of conflicted obviously you need to be uh trained and you know licensed and all of the proper uh, channels or go through all the proper channels in order to obtain that firearm in the house. But what do you guys think about having a, a firearm in the house for protection against an intruder? I'm not against it as long as you go about it in the right avenues. Um, that's the only situation that it honestly needs to be. And I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a necessity because I mean, sometimes, you know, there's been situations where it's not needed as well at the same times where it is. So, um, you know, it, it kind of, again, I'm, I'm, I hate to be like this, but I'm just on the fence with it. It's just like, you know, if, if you do get it, you know, I'm all for you doing it, going like uh, down the proper avenues like Kyler alluded to, getting licensed, uh, making sure that it's in a safe and secure place away from, you know, a possible uh, situation where, you know, somebody gets it that shouldn't have it. Um, but, you know, other than that. To each his own. Yeah. Um, I I think battle of your preference of of who you, who's doing it. I wouldn't per se have a gun in my home. You know, just the way I was raised, and just um, I don't want to have. Um, I think I could defend myself in other ways as far as like bats, other weapons where I don't need a gun uh, to be a defense. Um, and I, I don't want to have like my a gun in a house where like having a kid and stuff. Cause you know maybe they, cause if they do know I have a gun, that may be something that may raise question like, hey, I want a gun, dad, or why can't I have a gun, or can I hold it, and like different stuff. And that's a conversation where you, you know, you, I don't have to keep constantly explaining to them like, no, this is only for this type of reason. A- again, teaching your kid at a young age, maybe, hey, this is only for self defense, could pre- uh, prevent all these questions later. But I'd rather not go through that that um, trouble. Hopefully, I can just go into a a safe. 
in a nice neighborhood, right? Where we don't have to worry about uh, violence and guns, right? Uh, that's what Bum B thought. He was in a nice neighborhood. I'm sure yeah, Bum but he's B also rich too. But so. the guy didn't even know Bum B lived there. Right. Oh, he didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. He was just breaking into random houses in a nice neighborhood. So, I mean, that's a situation where even now, moving in, moving away from that type of element doesn't preclude you from being, you know, a victim of now, robbery. Now, violence. did that person have a gun? I, I don't uh, Yes, they exchanged gunfire. Oh, that's they did exchange yeah, gunfire. Wow. Well, first of all, he put the gun to his, wife his wife's head. Saying. So. And then um, I just, I was saw a little excerpt from like, uh, they was on a breakfast club. And Bun B was saying like his wife thought process was. She was gonna take the bullet or whatever just to protect Bun B that's his and wife. give him no husband. That's or her. husband. She was right. husband. Yeah, yeah. she was the one. She was saying he was saying that she was the one ready to give her life away to protect him. Yeah, and I was like, that's wow, what, that's man, to die. that's love, man, yeah. and protect our black queens out here, man. I don't think we appreciate the stuff that they do for the family and household and everything. And just like I, this, to think about it on that level, like she didn't even second guess herself. They were saying like. When she had the first encounter with the the cop, uh, with the intruder, yeah. you know, was trying to de-escalate it, but at the same time, she was the one dealing with, you know, intruder. Yeah. While Bun B then, you know, it, went. She had to keep her composure too yeah. in those situations, and like that's difficult to do in this situation where you know there obviously is a lot of stress, a lot of thoughts going through. Like, yo, is this gonna be our last time breathing? And you know, is this gonna be it for me? You know, uh, so that's I, I, you know, strength. You know, I need, I need, I need, you know. The strength in Black Queens is different, you know. At least that's from my perspective. Yeah, how Bumby get was able to shoot him in the shoulder, but you know we got these cops that are trained with a gun. I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, right? Or maybe I mean they now, taking do, eight. Now bullets. do we know he was aim, he was aiming for the shoulder? Hey, regardless or, of it, regardless of what he was aiming for, what he was. He ain't been trained, and he hit him where he needed to hit I mean, him. I hope it was aimed. I hope it was aimed. If it's if it's not aimed, then they no point to this conversation. I, mean, I hope he was. Hit. I mean, but, I'm just saying, people that are trained at yeah, least, right? They should be. Yeah, you're right. They they hitting where they shouldn't be hitting them, in my opinion. But whatever. That's another another story, another topic for another day. Um, uh, I want to kind of touch on this. Uh, I was having some good conversation with you guys earlier about it, but. I finally heard, um, so Jay-Z did a side B concert at Webster Hall, like the opening backup of Webster Hall, and where I guess his concert was all about, not his like main classic hits that are like radio plays and that everybody's familiar with, a lot of like cuts that didn't maybe make it, or just singles that he had, he was performing this at Webster Hall over the weekend, and um, he brought out uh, Cam... Uh, Nas was there that he performed with, uh, so he yeah he had some other people that like he, quote unquote had beef with or not like rocking with. He brought him out, but uh, he did his one like freestyle like tribute um, about Nipsey, and it was two lines that kind of caught me. But the one I want to talk about first was he said, "Gentrify your own hood before these people do it. Claim eminent dom- domain and have your people move in it. That's a small glimpse into what Nipsey was doing." For anybody still conf- confused at what he was doing, and it, I kind of—it's just so crazy how things go full circle. How we was talking about gentrification, and how uh, a couple uh, episodes ago we were just saying like, "Yo, Nipsey was doing something right for the community." It's unfortunate what happened to him, but how I think more people should be trying to do what he was doing as far as going back to those hoods that they came from and gentrifying it itself. 
you know. And I think for some reason when Jay-Z raps, though, I think it just, like, clicks for a lot of people. Like, yo, like, I, I swear to God, like, maybe politicians were saying this and all that stuff. And, and they were saying this for a while. But when Jay-Z said it, it was kind of like, damn, like, it was, like, tweeting about he's it. From, and, he's from the urban environment. It right. It's a little differently. Right. But us. some of these politicians do be from the urban environment. Some of them. But it's like, it's, it ain't the same way, like, like Jay-Z was really about it. Like, you know. He was, he he came, was deep into that lifestyle. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. You can't become a politician sometimes if you have, like, a criminal past. So, I don't maybe you can. I'm not too sure with the po- politics world. But yeah. I'm pretty sure you can't, you know. But that line, did that? Did y'all hear that line? You know, how did that resonate with you guys? I mean, I heard it, but it, I mean, it didn't move me to my core or anything like that. Okay, I, these are the conversations we have right. anyway. Right. Um, for somebody that wasn't thinking like that, then maybe it would have. You know, I'm glad if it if if it stirred something up in them. But we was literally just talking about this last week, so it didn't blow my mind or anything mm-hmm. like that. I was like, you know, I'm glad that you know this is what Hov is still preaching uh, upon Nipsey's untimely demise. Um, and still trying to push that narrative, um, so I was I was happy with that. Yeah, I mean he did. I think Jay Z knows. Um, I'm not saying he didn't realize before, but I think it's becoming more noticeable that he's um, becoming accountable, um, being that he's a veteran in this game now, and that you know he has a lot of uh, impact. Um, you know by by organizing different things. You know I think you know another thing that he did. You know also recently was when. Um, I think he was helping Meek out, right, when yeah. um, he got out of jail. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that was something that kind of stood out because it's kind of like, oh, we stand together. It's not like me against you at this point. I'm just trying to make sure that you're good because you're another artist, you know, that's trying to make it big just like I I have and I did, you know, so. And then the second verse, a part of it, that was kind of like, mm, they kind of hit me differently as well. Uh, he goes, in the same freestyle, they said, uh, they depressed the assets and take the properties back. It's a ruthless, but it's a ruthless, but a genius plan. In fact, so now we fighting over scraps, crabs in a barrel, but crabs don't belong in the barrel, and he ain't never tell us that. So in the barrel, we're gonna act like we act. We can easily get out the barrel if we stand on each other's backs. Whoever gets on top, as long as they stay attached, they gonna pull everybody out. I was just doing that. I told neighborhood Nipsey stay close. There's a hundred million dollars on your schedule. Lay low. Tell your team to go on places, point in places that they go. Um, so it's so crazy with that line, especially with the crabs in a barrel. Where you never heard of that expression. Sometimes you look at the glass half full or half empty. I think it's a perspective thing. And now with this whole, he put a different perspective on the crabs in a barrel. We always use that term crabs in a barrel as a negative mentality. Mm-hmm. But the way he just kind of flipped it, like, first of all, crabs shouldn't even belong in barrels. So the fact that he was in barrels to begin with is an issue. And the fact that they, they're not grabbing each other to pull them down, they're grabbing each other to stay attached. So when the person is at the top, they're pulling the rest up with them. They all come out, yeah. And I was like, damn, bro. This kind of messed up my whole mentality, like, just even child of, of that whole quote of crabs in the barrels. And I'm just hearing that, and I'm like, yo. That's a that's a big perspective change and like and yo I don't know why but that just kind of gave me like an epiphany just to kind of like through life, you know I think we need to like start using this stuff how they try to put us in a negative light and really start flipping it and, and putting it into positivity and use it for each other. You gotta take what you're given sometimes. I mean like obviously nobody wants to be referred to as a crab in a barrel, but that's just kind of like the narrative of what we've uh, of what the black community has been painting for years is like. 
I can't control that our society is viewed, we're viewed this way in our society, but that don't mean I can't flip the mentality by living the life that I live. You know what I mean? Like, I can only, and like, uh, I think Gav said it today, like, sometimes you, you, you can help out in the ways that you see available, but you not, you can't help everybody. So as long as you're making your contribution, that's you and making an effort to attach yourself to those people or to these crabs in a way. How about you? What's your thoughts on it? Uh, I think it was a good point. Um, I like the point about staying attached and then, you know, once we... So, the way I figure it, you know, Nipsey was technically that crab that was on top, but he was still staying attached to the hood, and then Ho was trying to pull him up, and by thusly pulling everybody else up. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Nipsey was... Um, you know, in his past days, a uh, uh, Crip from the Rolling Sixties, a nickname for Crips is Crab, even though it's derogatory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that was a deeper layer. Ooh, I, well, I don't think he would try to be derogatory. To but me. I mean, but the the thing about like flipping it, right? Yeah. So like oh, yeah, Crabs is a negative. Yes. But still, you know, the, maybe he was trying. Nipsey was one of the Crips that was trying to pull the other Crabs mm. up out of the up out of the bucket. So you know, it's a lot of double entendre. Don't, don't even ask me. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. I think oh, now Hove did come under fire because he was a part of uh, you know getting the Brooklyn Nets and the Barclays Center um, sort of open in Brooklyn, and a part of that was a you know moving some people out um, of that area. Um, so people online had been critical of Hove saying that that's that's cute and all with your little freestyle but you was a part of the problem with gentrifying the neighborhood and helping you know white businessmen move our people out um however i think that you know people maybe you know learn the error of their ways um i don't know how hove would respond to that but he might feel that hey i i did this to try and do something good for our community and it actually um, sort of backfired a little bit. So I think, and I would say, so Hov's kind of disassociated himself with from the Nets anyway. I don't really see him around the Nets organization a lot like that. Did he already? Did he sell his share in the Nets already? Yeah, he had to since he was doing like the Rock and right. Rock Nation Sports. Right. It was a conflict of interest right, to right. be an owner right. at the same time. Right. So I feel like he might have taken what he learned from that particular situation and then applied that and is trying to uh, do better and trying to teach our people about financial wealth and health and uh, about how we can gentrify our own neighborhoods. So um, no, no disagreement for me. I thought it was a dope line. I thought it was a dope freestyle. Um, didn't blow my side. Ari always knew Hove was a, um, a legend and uh, you know just a wordsmith. Uh, so I was just you know I thought it was dope. Yeah. How about them thrones though? <laughs> no, Brandon. I got beef. I got beef. Oh, talk thrones. about it. Talk about so it. So you could take the. Did you like the episode? Overall, yes. Um, I'm not gonna say and said it was the the I'll best. Be on, I'll be on my phone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say and say yo it was the best that I ever seen, but I think it did its justice knowing the the six episodes that they're having this season. Right. Knowing that they have to wrap it up because this is the final season. Right. Knowing that there's still a bigger issue in King's Landing that they have to face right now. Um. So cool. I'm not gonna just say and complain. I think it did its justice. I don't. I don't think the fans can always want more. I think um, they did a great uh, climax to it. I think they had a great ending to the fight. Um, 
you know, I wish I did see a little bit more from the Night King, mm-hmm. especially because we've been hearing about him since like season one in a way. Right. And then he's coming, and you know, hopefully they they give us some more background to him right. and why he's marched down south and all that situation. But sure. so my my thing is, um, this well, the cinematography was fine. It was a little bit dark, but I think that was done intentionally because of you know. Think about if putting yourself in that battle is at night. All of these uh, whites and white walkers, it's a little bit difficult to see. Blah blah. blah. I get that. With them, it's been like eight long seasons in the Night King. We've been introduced to him from the beginning. So this has been like the arch, the arch villain. He's been mad evil. Everything's been centered around him. Well, not really centered around him, but he's been the looming figure for the whole series. And then we just off him in one episode. We we saw him throw the javelin and kill Viserion and resurrect him. That was fire. We saw him at hard home raise the dead. That was that was fire. But then I wanted to see a little bit more hand to hand combat. I wanted to see him and John get busy and, and get into it. Um, he he withstood the fire from the dragon. Um, was it Rhaegar or Drogon? We spit fire at yep. him. But I just felt like it was such an abrupt ending. And obviously we have three more episodes to go, and each of them are going to be ninety minutes. So we might get. Um, a little more insight or wrap that up. Now, my 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 hope is that uh, because they're doing a spinoff series. Yep. Um, so my hope is that it'll be sort of centered around the Targaryens and with the prequels, they'll dive a little bit more in depth to that. So I get that, you know, they had to wrap it up kind of quickly. So they had to boom off them kind of quick. But I was just like, for real, like that's how that's how we go out. Like, Right. Like it, I mean, it was just so abrupt, and I felt like we, he was owed a little bit more depth to that character. That's what, that's how I felt. But then again, you know, now thinking about it, about it, at the end of the day, the biggest plot is the who's going to be sitting on the Iron Throne. Right. So I'm like, all right, I guess that was a good little side plot. That wasn't the main plot. But how is it a side plot if we've been talking about it for the whole like series? Because at the end of the day, though, if you if you want to get down to the meat and the potatoes, the main thing is who's the rightful heir to the throne. Okay. Correct. So I mean, so it was cool, it, it, you know, they they because they showcased it in, in season one, but then they kind of went away from it after a while. You know, we we saw we we didn't really we got it. Okay, cool. They gave a little hint in every other like episode or something like season, but like until like season seven, we was really like, all right, whatever. You know, we didn't really see them. We didn't really know what they can do. You know, we, then we saw the one excerpt with the children of the forest. They came through and kind of show how the Night King was made. But again, it was like, eh, it was hit and miss. So, but again, overall good episode. Hopefully within the, the next three episodes or in the spinoff show when they do about the prequel, they kind of touch on it. But I think it's fitting that um, you give your listeners you uh, guessing. Keep them like guessing. And that's what I think that's what we're doing now. So, um, Brandon, please binge watch it after the season's done. You'll love it. Tell us gonna get you a little hype, my man. I think it's late. I think it's late to me. It's never too late. It's too late for me. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, uh, anything else y'all want to touch on before we get into our uh, a little break? Nah. All right. Uh, oh, um, the event that happened at that uh that article I sent oh, you. Oh yeah. Um. So, another kind of dark kind of case. Um. You know, again, not something that we want to hear, but. Uh, at there was a school in Newark, uh, I believe it was a Catholic school um, called Cristo Ray uh, in Newark High School in uh, Jersey City, it says. Um, but basically what happened is there was a, a video that was leaked where 
uh, the kids were explaining that one of the uh, teachers, you know, um, obviously they're addressed as father um, in the um, uh, school, but uh, the guy's name was uh, one father, Greg Gibia, and what he was accused of was basically making uh, sexual advances to the students. Oh. Um, like he, so one of the, so he walked into the room, uh, according to this note, there was a note that was written anonymously by one of the kids, um, basically saying that um, he walked into the classroom because he was doing some sort of evaluation, and he he was complaining about all the paper on the floor, and he asked one of the students to basically pick up one of the pieces of paper, and then, according to the note, he proceeded to grab uh, the back of the student's head and put it near his, uh, pretty much his crotch area. Disgusting. And I'm like... Okay, I I don't see what the what the necessity was in that. And then they said after that um, they let him go. But then um, at that point in time, they I guess noticed that his pants was unzipped or something like that before he even you know pulled his head toward that area. So it was just like I mean there was a lot of other stuff in that, but that alone for me was just like oh like again the opportunities for kids to 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 get education. And they can't even go to school, get the education without some creeps being, you know, employed by the, Sick. you know, by the uh, faculty. And, you know, you, obviously, again, you can't control that. But it's just like, man, like, I don't understand what's, what's going through these people's minds. Yeah, that's that's sick. That's sad news. And I hope that he's uh, prosecuted. Really, that's all there is to say. Yeah. Now, they said they already they found out about it. Like, again, the, the video was leaked. The note was it was given. Um, and right now, you know, it's under investig- more investigation because this did happen uh, recently. Um, looks like it was uh, mid-April, uh, um, but it was just reported today. So it was All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the water cooler. We are back with the Up in the War podcast. We're about to get into our water cooler segment. This is when we discuss sports and various other things that us, you know, uh, guys sort of talk about around the water cooler. Guys as well as girls, you know, they can be involved in sports as well. Uh, but one of the first things was resolving or revolving the NFL draft. Uh, Kyler Murray, um, you know, great name, uh, was picked number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, and they subsequently. Uh, shipped Josh Rosen to the Miami Dolphins, uh, so they got him up out of there. Um, one of the following that, a lot of people were surprised by the pick of Daniel Jones, the quarterback out of Duke, to the New York Giants. Um, people were <laughs> not expecting him to go until at least the second round, uh, but the Giants, you know, reached and uh, they felt like that was their guy, so they went ahead and took him. Uh, and then I think there was a guy, uh, the Raiders picked what? Right. So, so the, so yeah, uh, uh, Colin Farrell was his name. Okay. Um, the actor? No. Uh, <laughs> defense, uh, Colleen, oh, okay. uh, sorry, Colleen Farrell, excuse me. Um, he, so apparently, uh, the a defensive tackle from Clemson, there was about three defensive tackles. They all were supposed to go first round, but, uh, Farrell was like the last one. Uh, from Clemson that was uh, or defensive end that was supposed to get drafted and I guess Har- um, Gruden went early and got him fourth which was shocking because like there was so other it was so many other players they probably could potentially get but they went him um, 
And then the Giants like, you know what? We're gonna one up them. They picked a, a QB that was like maybe the third or fourth, I think fourth best QB in the draft. Mm. So it was Kyler Murray. Uh, the most notable one they they thought that it was gonna draft was Dwayne Haskin. You know, he's from Jersey. Uh, he went to school in Maryland. Um, but they thought that they was gonna draft him with that pick. Instead, he fell to 15th to the Redskins. Um, I have no. I'm, I'm a Duke guy, and I think Duke. You know, I know New York wanted to draft the Duke guy. I didn't, I thought it was Zion ah. for, for basketball, and not you know Daniel Jones for football. Uh, but I have no footage of this man. I have no no knowledge of Duke football it team. Like he throws ducks out there. He look like another Eli. Oof. No disrespect to Eli. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know what the hell they was going for. And what's funny was, I think what was uh, trending was like the Joe Budden video of his reaction. That was hilarious. Very funny. Of how like he was like just in awe, like shocked, appalled, puzzled. You know, he didn't know what how to react when they saw this man's name get called. Um, this is beyond me. <laughs> I am flabbergasted. I have been led astray. <laughs> but um, hopefully puts in work. I don't know. Maybe Duke. Um, Duke. Maybe the Giants are tanking again. Ew. I don't know what they're doing. It's nasty. Um, then with some notable tight ends that got uh, drafted from Iowa. A lot of guys that are supposed to be the next Gronk. <laughs> I don't see it. Two tight ends. How does Iowa have both tight ends that got drafted? <laughs> Bro, I, I don't get it. One name is TJ Hawkerson. He went eighth to the Lions. And then the other tight end that was drafted, he was drafted 20th to the Broncos, uh, Noah Faint. I guess they rolled a, a, a dual tight end set. It's nasty. <laughs> um, do you know who the Eagles drafted? In the first round, we drafted a offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, forget the kid's name. Andre Dillard. Dillard. Yeah, heard he's good. Washington State. Gonna, gonna really uh, great pass blocking for Carson Wentz. I think it's a great move though. Um, we need to keep Carson healthy. We can't have him running around a lot. So I think drafting and securing up that offensive line, especially after Jason Peters, um, it looks like he's not gonna be you know long for uh for us. He's been hurt. Uh, for a while now, so we need to start finding his replacement. Um, so I, I was pretty happy with the pick. I, you can never go wrong with drafting offensive lineman, offensive lineman, and securing uh, your quarterback's future. So I was I was pretty pleased with that. Um, the Chargers drafted at twenty eighth. We got a guy named Jerry Tillery. He's a defensive tackle from Notre Dame. I think uh, I don't know if he's going to start right away, but it's a great addition to what our pass rushers and Joey Bosa and um, um, Melvin Ingram. So adding another guy that, you know, can add a little pressure up front is going to be great for us. So we'll see how that goes. And the Chiefs are falling apart right now. So hopefully um, we can uh, make a push for the, the win the division. That's we got to talk Let's about. Let's talk it. about yeah. it. Yeah. So Tariq Hill, uh, there's audio footage now of him threatening his wife right. and his kid. Right. Saying that they both need to be afraid of him. Um, there was allegations that... Um, he was the one that broke his kid's arm, mm-hmm. even though there isn't any proof as of right now. But the only proof that they got is the footage, uh, audio footage of him threatening and, and talking in a in an ill manner, right, to his fiance or baby mom. I don't know who she yeah, was. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think it's the mother of his child, uh, but she was basically saying that the child was afraid of him, or she feared, or the kid, you know, is petrified of you. And he responded to that, you should be scared of me too, 
word. Um, so I was just that was so uh, volatile and violent and crass. I, it it was really disturbing to hear. Um, and you know, the, like you said, the Chiefs already have a situation with Kareem Hunt. They had to get him out of there. I I would only expect that. Tyreek Hill, um, the, the same type of behavior um, would be met with that same, uh, of course. Now, it's easier to do it when you could just get rid of a, a running back, and running backs are a dime a dozen. Tyreek Hill is obviously a very special and unique weapon. However, that type of, uh, you know, speak toward women and uh, potential alleged violence can't be tolerated. So I expect that they'll probably, um, you know, be kicking him off of the team or cutting him and uh, just moving forward or moving on from him, which is a shame because he's a super talented player. But you, certain things have to um, take priority over, um, you know, talent on the field. So, And he also has a past of, um, you know, he had a charge of uh, abusing the or an another woman that I believe was carrying his child. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe she had a miscarriage. Is that oh, correct? I, I have no clue. Okay, no, well, never. Uh, but he was uh, he was accused of um, abusing a woman that was carrying um, his child um, in the past, and that was something that followed him uh, through college, and was one of the reasons that he sort of slipped on draft boards. So um, he he seems to have a streak or a history of this, and it, it's something that you know needs to get under control. Yeah, um, I, you know, it just sucks because. If they can't prove it, I don't know if the team is going to react in a way uh, as harsh as that. Right. But I think, you know, certain uh, investigations and measures need to be taken, which are being taken right now, before he plays another football game in the NFL. Um, and and, and that's, that should be the precedent now moving forward. I think this needs to be the standard of um, we can't be letting these guys get passes for uh, domestic abuse. Violence, you know, different types of gun charges, whatever the case may be. All of this needs to be like, look, y'all gonna get paid a certain type of money. Y'all gonna have to be role models to society. This is not how you act, you know. Now, granted, again, I don't know. We're not gonna go that deep into it, but football is being a, such a physical sport, and the concussions and the hits to the brain may have an effect on their violence behavior. But that's a separate issue that needs to be looked at. You whether you know weed or something can be done to counteract that. But as of right now, breaking the law is breaking the law, and incriminating crimes is an issue. So, sure. So hopefully they the NFL because they ha they've been on a streak of kind of dealing with things reactively. So hopefully they well normally they always wait because yeah. <laughs> until something comes out. The only yeah. reason Kareem Hunt it wasn't playing is because the video leaked yeah. by by what was it TMZ. Yeah. Of him uh, kicking and, and shoving that girl in the hotel. If that didn't come out, he would have still been playing for the Chiefs as Correct. we speak. Correct. So, and now this audio coming out. Now I don't know it. What? How much does video and audio do? Right? Because mm. like, if we go back, even we could go even further back to the Ray Rice situation. Right? We knew that Ray Rice was involved in an altercation with his wife in that elevator. Prior to him, he got suspended, but it was only like what is it? Like one two or two games? games two games. Then when that video came out and we saw the severity of him really knocking, you know, it, it, his then girlfriend, right. now his wife, right. out, it, it sort of caused a greater reaction and a greater stir, right? So, for instance, with the Kareem Hunt, they had to get him off of the team because there was video of it. If there's no video to back up this violent sort of streak that Tariq Hill seems to have, does he get a slap on the wrist with just a couple games of suspensions? Good so. questions. Um, so... Uh, well, more to come. We'll see with how how it plays out. Um, 
know, nothing really now with NFL, nothing. Oh, my, my question I want to ask you, Kyle, is with NFL, they released a video footage of one of the players uh, where his, his mom and sister was involved in like a scuffle. Right. And it looks like at first he was uh, separating the incident and then he got some hits off where, where he was punching. Uh, looks like a lady in her body or face, or whatever, but just punching on a girl. Right. And um, one, my question is, you know, for them to be releasing that footage during a draft, you know, to showcase us. And two, you know, do you think um, it should have a direct correlation on where you get drafted and everything? So to answer your first point, um, the because we were watching the draft together. Uh, them, they, they explained and reiterated that, you know, this player, I believe is from Mississippi State, um, was involved in an altercation where he was pulling, um, you know, his, his mother and his sister, I believe, were fighting uh, some woman, and he got involved and ended up hitting the girl. I think that would have sufficed to, to, for us to accurately know about it. And then if the people who were watching that, um, you know, that draft wanted to go and do their own research and find a video, then cool. But for them to show the video on national television like that, I think it was in poor taste, in my opinion. Um, you could just report it and then let people, like, I don't see why you need to show the video. I feel like that's more further tarnishing his image and just sort of damaging him and showing him in a negative light, especially if he has moved on from this incident and has grown from it, because I don't know how far, I don't know how long ago that was. I think I I heard was it in high school when that happened it and was then, he was like a senior in high school okay so prior to college and everything so that's a lot that's uh, a long time ago he might have re rehabilitated and, and took accountability for the error in his ways um so i don't agree with them playing that on his draft night now for the uh him sliding down draft boards because of this i think that it is um it, it it's the game uh, I feel like he. There are certain ramifications to it, all of our actions in life. We all have to uh, bear certain consequences and repercussions for our actions. So his action was, uh, you know, hitting a, a woman while being videotaped on camera, and he has to live with that. If that, you know, means him sliding into the second round or something like that, or sliding down draft boards, I don't think he slid that far. But still, that that's the consequences of your of your actions. So, um, you know, we all have to pay the piper um, eventually. So. That, I think that's just a condition of uh, sort of the the action that he took. Yeah. Um, moving on to NBA playoff talks. Right now, uh, there's four series um, ha uh, taking place right now. We have the Bucks Celtics. We're currently is one one after yesterday last night. Uh, we have the Raptors and Sixers are also one one. We have the Warriors is the uh, Nuggets and Trailblazers is 1-0 games twos tonight, and the Warriors uh, Houston uh, Rockets are 2-0 uh, in the Warriors' favor right now. So, um, all good games so far. Um, the main one that we I want to talk to you about is mm -hmm. with the Rockets Warriors. Right, right, right. Right now, some big controversy with James Harden shooting his three, mm -hmm. and. Um, a lot of no fault, no fouls being called on his shot. Right. Um, from what I saw, when Clay Thompson was defending him in Game One, they was not allowing James Harden to land, mm -hmm. but they wasn't calling a foul. And what I guess the issue was sometimes when James Harden shoots his jump shot, mm -hmm. he he moves forward on his jump shot, right? Or he creates, he tried to create contact with like flicking his legs out or something. Get that. Now. 
even though he does do it, some of them has to be called fouls. Uh, it looks like in the last two-minute report of that game, they did say that um, they did miss a couple of fouls that should have been called, as well as, you know, in the course of the whole game, it equates to, like, maybe they said 16, 12 to 16 points. That well, so missed. I think the situation with that mm-hmm. you're talking about is, so the two-minute report actually, the two-minute report showed that the refs did not make any blown calls in the last two minutes of the game. However, they didn't speak directly to... I think the rest of the game. Now the Rockets, they did their own report mm-hmm. or did their own review of the tape and sent it into the league office and basically calculated using their own sort of methods that the lack of those calls it, um, led to them, the Rockets being docked basically 18 points. Um, however, and then the league responded <laughs> that we do not agree with the Rockets' interpretation yeah. of, of of that rule. So they not they didn't just like go okay, well that foul would have led to X, uh, a three or a three okay. points blah blah blah. But um, basically, my take is if you've been calling something one way for the entire season, continue. I just want consistency. If that's something that you've been giving James Harden, you created this monster. Y'all need to either don't give it to him the whole season or uh, give it to him in the playoffs. You can't switch up in the playoffs. Now, um, I do agree that James Harden, especially on that last one with Draymond, I think they were down three. He initiated the contact. He tried to jump into Draymond, and I don't think that should have been a foul call on Draymond. But I think there were like three three particular instances where Klay Thompson – um, did the same type of thing that Andrew Bogut did to Kawhi Leonard and basically sort of it creeping. Zaza. Zaza. Zaza, pardon yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Andrew Bogut, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, but creeping under Kawhi Leonard and then he was injured and never really played a meaningful game for the Spurs ever again. So that's something that is is um, you know needs to be looked at. And at, they obviously, the refs don't want to give James Harden that call because he flops so much. And he's as much to blame as anybody in this because he tries to trick the refs and tries to flop so many times that it's like, dude, I'm not even going to give you that because I know you're trying to rig the system and rig the game, but you got to call the game the way that you would normally call it. I'm just all for consistency and that being the, the main factor. So now uh, I was watching, it was Jay Williams and Richard Jefferson on ESPN. They was talking about it and how, and Jay Williams like, look, uh, he showcased how James Harden starts at one like spot and he it, like creeps out three or four inches. Sure. Um, and Richard Jefferson was saying sometimes you have to emphasize something when you're not getting the proper call. And he was saying how like LeBron James could always drop his shoulder, drive to the rack, but if they don't call it. You gonna obviously now he's gonna get a head, uh, do a head fake, like a head nod when you're driving now, so you can emphasize it because you're not getting the call originally. So I think he was saying with well, James Harden. When I'm shooting my regular jump shot and I can't land, I'm not getting the call. Maybe I have to emphasize it or over-exaggerate it so now that you start calling it. So, you know, so and I think KD even touched on it as well. He's like, look, it's part of the game. If you can't land, it's a foul. And I just think James Harden knows that. and He's taking full advantage of it, and he saw how the call wasn't being made. I have to do something to point it out or showcase, but it's hurting him. How about try making the shot? How about do that first? Stop, stop, stop. He's trying so hard to emphasize getting a foul on a three-pointer that he's not even thinking about making a shot anymore. That's true. Shoot the ball and make the shot. Yeah. And, and then when he's wide open, he don't be jumping all the way forward like that. So obviously we know it's not his normal shooting type of motion. So he, so apparently he is fouled the most on three-point shots. Sure. He got and fouled he also, 95. He also goes to the line a lot. He, he gets, goes to the line more than anybody in the NBA. 
So why why are you wilding about all this cause and this discrimination? You you benefit from this system. If I so, but if I get fouled, then they gotta call it. So but basically they were saying he gets he got fouled on ninety five three points attempt. The next closest person was like in the fifty range, and it was Terrence Ross. Okay. And Kimball Walker was tied. So he already gets a forty. He got forty uh, additional uh, shot of uh, free throws. Well. Three point fouls that he got fouled on. So forty times three. That's how many additional free throws he just got off of that. Yeah. Um, someone did break it down and said that when he's uncontested, he shoots a standing up three. Right. When he's shooting off the dribble and he needs to create separation, sometimes he then tends to look for contact. Right. But uh, if a foul is a foul, whether you're looking for it or not. So I can initiate contact and like lower my shoulder, but if a guy swipes down, he doesn't stay straight up when he, he jumps, it's still a foul, right? It, they they should start calling some of those offensive fouls on sure. him though, because sure. you can't just I if I'm my, I'm standing, I've already established this space, and you're jumping into me to try and initiate a foul. They like they, I think the league set an ugly precedent with with that. They should have they should never gave Harden that star cow uh, star call power. Because now he really is abusing the system, and it's it's an ugly game to watch, and it's not fun, it's not entertaining. But they all did that, right? So even uh, if you remember Kevin Durant, when a guy used to put it, their hand the sweep, the, sweep right. the right, and, and, and they, they changed, changed it. the rule for them. exactly. Right. So hopefully they so do the they, same that, thing. So they're trying to adjust and not call it, but you should have did that from day one right. in the, in the beginning have to call of the season. It. You have to call it now, no. and then in the off season, maybe adjust the rules again and say, hey, if you initiate with your foot, kick out, or you're not. Sh- Shooting and you know it's, it's within a certain distance when you take from your launching pad. I don't know, but uh, uh, James Harden pushed through, young brother. Mm. All right, King. And then he got his uh, eye bust last last night. Sheesh. So they, they down two zero right now. I, I if they won game one, I was gonna be like Rockets are gonna take it. I think that series is over now. I don't Look. think they're gonna recover because James he doesn't play the same in the playoffs. So the Rock the Warriors did what they supposed to do. They won on their home. Sure. That's a fact. So, well, you know what the Sixers did? Stole home court advantage. That's right. Everybody was writing our eulogy after game one. Oh, Kawhi, he's not human. He's not. He's a mutant. You can't do nothing with him. And we, we can't. Ben Simmons really can't guard him. And it's sad. Yeah, I can't. It's, it's okay. bad. I'm glad you, no, you no, admitted it's, that. It's <laughs> bad. He be having Ben looking Shh, crazy. All of them. Like a little kid bullying him. But then, you know, Jimmy Mr. Buckets came back game two, said, pipe all that down. You know, and B, he was having a little, had a little stomach virus, had had some knee problems, some tendonitis. Don't matter. Sixes and six. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Heard you. Heard you, King. But um, we we come came back. We stole home court, and I don't know why people not giving us our due after that. Cause I I didn't hear nothing on on talk radio. I didn't hear nothing on the, these TV shows giving. Oh, the Sixers stole home court. Maybe they're the team to make the finals. Your home court is not home court advantage. Ah, uh, whatever. Didn't didn't the Nets still want a home court from y'all? Yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. So. And then what we proceed to do? Well, it's, it's, called, it's called the gentleman sweep. You ever oh heard of that? God. When you beat them in five, that's called the gentleman sweep. Cause we let y'all get one. That's what that is. So, but I, so why did the Raptors do that to y'all right now? What do you mean? Oh, cause we about to bust that. Out, you know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, I don't have nothing. To, Jokic is really nice for the Nuggets. I hope that goes seven. I just want to see that go seven and push it to the limits. Um, I just want to see Dame Dollar, you know, play big and come up clutch if it right. when need be. Um, and Celtics Bucks. Uh, Giannis kind of adjusted. He finally got some help from the supporting cast in Game Two. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton had twenty eight points, seven threes. Also, Kyrie was just cold. I yeah. think that was just really one of his bad, worst, uh, you know, 
poor shooting night. Yeah. Um, I think they'll bounce back. I still got the Celtics taking it. Um, it how might many games? go. Might that one might go seven. Celtics in five for me. Oh, okay. Well, well all my series going page. five. At least we're on the same page. Except for the the Nuggets. Hopefully, that goes six or seven. Okay, fair enough. Feel me. But um, anything else to touch on with sports? You want to talk about the Champions League? Um, shouts to Messi. Yeah, uh, had a hat so. trick. No, he he scored two goals today. Um, so he did his thing. He he had a, a free kick that was filthy. Actually, it wasn't that filthy because it got deflected after I took a look upon further review. But he's nice. One of the best players of all time. I'll never take that away from him. Um, just went something for Argentina once in your life. Don't choke on a big stage. But it's it's cool. Um, they're they're beating Liverpool right now in the first leg. They won three to zero, three nil, as they used to call. It. They say, you know, that's a fact. Um, but I I just I just want him to keep balling, keep doing what he do, you know, um, keep making a name for yourself, create your own lane. Um, Messi, you don't gotta prove nothing to nobody anymore. I just can't right. wait till Pogba and Lukaku both go to Real Madrid. Then it's really on and popping. That and then Real, they're about to take back the the. Uh, uh, the Spanish league. Uh, I hope so. You know, Mo Salah's my guy, but I, you have to go down, do they? What, what accent was that? Go ahead. <laughs> I'll wait. Can you read that? What, is, what does that say? What does Six, that say? 600 goals in the all competitions, 112 uh-huh. in the Champions League, uh-huh. 34 titles won. Uh-huh. Great player. Never take that away from him. You know where all those trophies were won, though? <laughs> for Barcelona. <laughs> None Not for Argentina. So, um, shout out to them. Um, do you know who won between uh, Tottenham and uh, the other side? Uh, I didn't see the oh, other. Okay. I didn't see the other side. But but fans, please let us know if you know who won. For sure. Um, yeah, but uh, that concludes our our podcast today for the Nuppy Noir. Indeed, thank you for joining us. Yeah, you no, know, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. If you, again, if you want to be a guest, please hit us up. Hit the inbox on the social media. Hit us personally. Love to have you guys on there. You know, hear your feedback. Talk to us. That's a fact. And with that, Yuppie Noir is signing out. Squad. Baby, you get it.